must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic process. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Welcome to Great Men Back Then. Here's your host, Lauren Scott. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And welcome to Great Men Back Then, where we talk about, you guessed it, great men. Specifically, great men from American history. Now, I know what you may be thinking right now. How could it be possible that a college student could possibly judge the character of some of the men in our history and call them great? Especially when many of them had tremendous faults and made loads of mistakes. I mean, for crying out loud, more than half of the founding fathers owned slaves. My response to that would be this. Yes, many of the men in our history were flawed and made choices that were most definitely not commendable. But I am here to give you the facts. If we take a closer look into the lives of these men, we can better understand just where they're coming from. A lot of people we will focus on have lived through more tragedy and more grief than most people in the 21st century will ever know or understand. Wars, adultery, child loss, and illness all play into the effect of how a person lives their life and makes decisions. For greatness is not about the number of mistakes one makes, but the number of times one overcomes those mistakes and perseveres through hardships. If you have listened to some of my previous episodes, you know that I've been focusing on men from the World Wars. I have featured four men from World War I, and last week I featured Audie Murphy, who fought in World War II. Today, I will be doing something a little different that I hope will be very special. I'm going to feature a man named Gilbert Audison, a pastor who left behind his church and family to serve as a chaplain in World War II. He was encouraged to do so because he saw many members of his congregation leave to serve in the war and he felt it as his duty to serve with them even if he was serving his country in a way that differed from the rest. He was able to save multiple lives while being behind the front lines ministering to soldiers. Audison's story is special for many reasons, but what I think is most interesting about today's episode is that I actually have a relative here with me from the Audison family. Logan Washburn is a sophomore at Hillsdale College, and he is also the great-grandson of Gilbert. Logan has gathered some stories from family members who personally knew him, and he is going to tell us some of the stories about this great man. Hi, Logan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me on. The first question I want to ask about your great-grandpa Gilbert pertains to his childhood. What all can you tell me about that? So, I personally don't have much background about his childhood. However, I do understand that he was born and raised on a farm in rural Minnesota. Um, And that was with a family um, who had background in Norway. Wonderful. What can you tell me about his love life or maybe children he had? Okay, so he ended up attending Moody Bible Institute in Chicago um, before he enrolled at North Park Seminary. In Chicago, Gilbert was working at the local Covenant Church, 
Um, it's a Christian denomination in the evangelical area. He was working at the local Covenant Church as the choir director. Um, one day, he ended up falling in love with the organist, and he eventually married her. Her name was Judith. Um, she's my great-grandma Judith. Um, he married her in 1926. Also, early during his ministry career, um, if you could call it a career, he traveled for about five years as the choir director, song leader, and the soloist for a popular revivalist at the time, whose name was Jim Rayburn. Um, that name may sound familiar as his son, Jim Rayburn Jr., was the founder of the evangelical outreach group um, for youth called Young Life. So Gilbert worked for his father, Jim Rayburn Sr., um, helping him do revivals, and he really served the people through the ministry of music there. And that was early on in his ministry career, and then eventually he became a pastor at a Minneapolis church. And then tell me about the life that they built together. So they ended up having four children. Um, they lived in Minneapolis, and he became the first Covenant Church of Minneapolis's pastor. And then tell me a little bit about his time in the war. What prompted him to leave, and what did that look like? So while he was pastor at the First Covenant Church in Minneapolis, he found that 300 young men from his church, it was a large church, 300 young men had left to fight in World War II. And so that really inspired him to sign up. He found that he had to be over there serving with them. He's supposed to be their shepherd um, spiritually, and so he viewed his responsibility as including being over there with the men from his church. What kind of accomplishments did he achieve while he was fighting in the war? So he actually served at a recovery unit um, just behind the front lines. So he didn't do any fighting, um, and that's part of what makes this show so exceptional it's because we're able to focus on the person beyond just fighting in the war. And so I think that that's a very cool opportunity we have here with my great-grandpa Gilbert. Um, he served in England at Ellesmere, England, um, at a recovery unit. And there he served mostly helping soldiers with their spiritual lives. And at one point he actually served um, by preserving a soldier's life. My grandma told me this story. Um, so there was a soldier actually from the same state as um, my grandparents in Washington um, who ended up in the recovery unit after being wounded. And Gilbert helped him in his spiritual life. He gave him lots of counseling. He really was a mentor to him. And so that was a very great experience. Um, so he helped this man, um, the soldier, become a chaplain eventually, and that saved him from going back out in the field um, where the rest of this soldier's platoon was killed in battle. This soldier came back to Gilbert and said, you saved my life. My platoon went back out into battle, and most of them were killed. And so he was very grateful to Gilbert for that. And I know that Gilbert also crossed paths with, with many of the men from his church while he was in Europe, and he was able to serve as a spiritual counselor there as he had originally intended. Tell me a little bit about his life after the war. What are some stories you've heard about that? So Gilbert returned to the United States, where he became the pastor in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, he was very grateful to return to serving people through ministry in the United States, but he was also really regretful that he'd spent so much time away from his family. 
Um, he once calculated all of the time that he had spent away from his family um, between the military and through ministry. Um, he found that he had spent 17 years away from his family. Um, this is out of his 34-year marriage, and so it was a significant amount of time. So he was very glad to be back. And according to my grandma, um, his family was very excited for him to be back, which I'm sure is no surprise. But especially my Uncle Warren, my grandpa Evan's brother, um, he had been acting up and getting into all sorts of trouble after Gilbert had left. And so once Gilbert returned, he sort of brought that element of stability back there. And while it took a long time, um, Warren had kind of wandered and he eventually came to give his life to Christ. And so I think that Gilbert's return was really essential there for him being able to have a spiritual guide. It is because Gilbert Audison left the comfort of his home to serve our nation that I am featuring him on my show, Great Men Back Then, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. That's wonderful. I always love to hear about the personal background of people involved in more because we can just really view them as human beings rather than characters that we study in a history book. And so I guess kind of going off of that, do you mind telling me a little bit about his children and his grandchildren and just kind of where they are now and what kind of effect he had on their lives personally? Absolutely. So he has many grandchildren on my side of the family. Um, we kind of have a group of cousins. We love spending time together. Um, it's really cool to see how his legacy has come together at family reunions and events like that. Um, one really cool thing about his legacy is my cousin, Elliot, um, who now serves as a pastor and he's going to seminary. Um, he's going to study at Oxford soon, actually. Um, just had to brag on my cousin Elliot right <laughs> there. <laughs> um, but Elliot actually possesses Gilbert's New Testament Bible. Um, it's worn and very well used, but I understand it's a treasured possession there. So it's a very cool thing to see passed on. And it's a very common parallel people talk about at family gatherings. At family gatherings, sometimes we'll pull out old home videos from my grandparents and you're able to see my great grandpa Gilbert um, going off to war in some of these videos. And it can be a very emotional thing. It's very interesting to see um, him having to leave his family and come back. I remember when I was younger seeing some footage of him leaving and it was just a very powerful thing. And it's not so much sad as it is inspirational to all of us. And so it's a very cool thing to see his legacy be carried on there. And I understand that there is a film of your grandpa. Um, he talks about his life for a little bit, I believe. And then he also recites one of his poems. So why don't you just give us a little recap of that video and then read us that poem because it's a beautiful poem. And I believe it's one that he wrote. Is that correct? Absolutely. This is a poem that he came up with. And it was a very cool family tradition. Um, this is one of those home movies that we would sometimes watch at family gatherings. Um, this video was put together by my cousin Elliot, who I've been bragging about this whole time. Um, but it's titled A Permanent Record of This Insignificant Man's Life. And that really does reflect a lot about who Gilbert was. He was a very humble man. Um, but he left a permanent mark on this world and especially on our family. And so it's a very cool thing. 
So would you like me to just go ahead and read some lines from that? Yeah, go ahead. To be alive in such an age, with every year a lightning page, turned in the world's great wonder book, clear on the leaning nation's look, when miracles are everywhere and every inch of common air, throbs of tremendous property of greater marvel yet to be. O oh, thrilling age, O oh, willing age, when seal and stone and rail and rod become the avenues of God, a trump to shout his thunder, to show of the work that man can do. To be alive in such an age, man impatient of his cage, filled with the soul's immortal rage of conquest, reaches goal on goal, travels the earth from pole to pole, guards the tempest and the tide, and on a dream triumphant rise. But hid within a lump of clay, a light more terrible than day, proclaims the presence of the force that hurls the planets in their course. Oh, age that flies, oh, age that flings its challenges to the very sky where endless realms of conquest lie, then earth on tiptoe strives to hear the message from its sister sphere, yearning to reach the cosmic wires that flash infinity's desire. To be alive in such an age, it blunders forth its discontent, it craves to utter God's intent. Seeing beneath the world's unrest, the search entirely on the quest, and seeing through tradition's broken crest, the flash of truth's triumphant threat. Seeing below the seething thought of man, the push of its tremendous plan. O oh, age of strife, age of life, when progress lies through chariot's eye and on the borders of the sky, the signals of the century proclaim the great marvels yet to be, the rise of woman to her place and the coming of a nobler race. To be alive in such an age, to live in it, to give to it. Rise, soul, from thy despairing need. What if thy lips have drunk from leaves? Bring forth thy sorrow to the sky and join thy hope with humankind. Take the world's deeds, do the world's thoughts. Think hugely of thy brother's needs. The passion of a larger claim will put your puny griefs to shame. To be alive in such an age, greeted with a flaming harp, and clasp it with thine great old heart. To be alive in such an age. Right after he finished reciting this poem, my great-grandpa said, Thus endeth that poem, not perfectly done, but it never is with mankind, is it? Thank you so much, Logan. Um, that was such a blessing to hear that and to hear you read that. Um, I think that your great-grandpa Gilbert represents many men who left their homes and just many people in general who left the comfort of their homes to serve and not only serve um, by means of fighting, but there were many different ways to serve in the world wars other than fighting there were nurses and there were chaplains and i love to hear the stories of people who left their families and they left their churches and they left everything they once knew they left the comfortability of their homes absolutely and for a greater cause and mm -hmm. for your great grandpa that was the cause of christ Absolutely. And I think a lot of that is refle reflected in this poem. Um, he says, to be alive in such an age with man impatient of his cage, he's saying that man is impatient of his bounds that he's been put in. And so um, he's filled with the soul's immortal rage of conquest. And then he describes man reaching from goal to goal, um, traveling the earth from pole to pole, um, trying to guard the tempest and the tide, um, man striving for something greater. 
And he really witnessed this through the desire for conquest and war. Um, but then he follows that up. Um, he says, but hid within a lump of clay, a light more terrible than day proclaims the presence of the force that hurls the planets in their course. This is him really just realizing man can strive and strive and strive, but hid within that lump of clay is God's word. And that is what has the light more terrible than day. And so it seems that war has influenced his faith and it's allowed him to get a different perspective on things. And I know that that's been passed down to my family and it's something that we really do treasure a lot. Um, and so this poetry is very cool because it reflects a lot of parts of great grandpa Gilbert's life. It is because Gilbert Audison left the comfort of his home to serve our nation that I am featuring him on my show, Great Men Back Then, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Thank you, Logan. That is really beautiful. And it just reminds me of the reason that so many people did leave their homes and uh, take part in World War II, specifically what we're talking about, is not only because of the cause of their country, but for uh, the cause of Christ and to spread the good news to everyone. And I think a lot of times we can get caught up in thinking that the risk of dying in war is only to the soldiers, but anybody who leaves their home to participate in a war, no matter what your job is, even if you aren't at the front lines, it is a risk. And you leave not knowing if you will return home to your family. And you leave not knowing if you'll ever get to come back to the life, the only life you've ever known. And so I do think it is really important just to take a step back and not only remember the soldiers, but to remember everybody who had an involvement in the war in some way and in some form. Absolutely. And I think it's important to realize the humanity of all of this, right? These soldiers were people too, and they had spiritual needs. They had holistic necessities that they had to be taken care of. And so Gilbert is really um, someone who shows us a story of that. And I think it's very cool to reflect on that. And I also wanted to add something about when he came back from war. Um, you know, he didn't just stop there. He was able to continue ministering to people. And that's something that's very difficult to, for many people who come back from war. But this can be something that's inspirational for a lot of us. Um, he, I mentioned that he went back to pastor in Massachusetts. But then he ended up going also to another church, the First Covenant Church in Spokane, Washington. Um, he eventually retired in 1966, but he never stopped ministering even after that. Um, so, I mean, after he got back from war, he continued this work. And even when his career, I don't know if you would call it a career again, because he loved it so much. Um, but when it came to a close, he continued um, to serve as a transitional pastor in Kansas, Florida, and the state of Washington. Um, he loved the church and he loved helping churches face certain challenges. Um, you know, eventually his wife and my great grandma, Judith, she faced Alzheimer's. And so he really had to turn homeward um, toward the end of his life and the end of her life um, and really realize how to minister to her best. And he did a great job of that. He was a very patient man. Um, and all of that he learned while across the country, while in Europe, he was able to apply to his own family and he realized the importance of that. And so he loved ministry and 
God gave him the strength and the insight to put that to work even back at home. Thank you so much, Logan. I've really enjoyed my time with you today and getting to learn more about your great grandpa. And again, I just think it is so important to have a record of these kinds of stories because, I mean, you talked about your great grandpa, he's passed away and soon enough, the next generation will be. And then after that, the next generation. And if we don't tell these stories and if these stories don't have a place to reside, then they'll be forgotten one day. And then before we know it, our generation won't know about these kinds of stories. Absolutely. And it's an entirely different way of life. You know, he grew up on a family farm in Minnesota, and that's a way of life that's disappearing before our very eyes as well. Um, And not only that, but the journey from a farm in Minnesota to Chicago to Europe in World War II um, to serving people through faith. I think that's something that's um, it's like an American journey that we don't embark upon as much today. And I think that's sort of sad, um, but it's also inspirational because it gives us something to continually work toward. Thank you, Logan. This has been uh, such a wonderful opportunity to get to talk to you and learn more about your great grandpa. Uh, So thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a great time. Again, you have been listening to Great Men Back Then on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode and even learned something new. Come back next week as we will discuss another great man from World War II on Great Men Back Then on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM with your host, Lauren Scott.